Um, yeah, today's Father's Day. And, um, and so we're going to talk to the dads uh, for a minute, but not exclusively to the dads. Um, you know, last week and the week before, uh, we've talked about this idea of being more like Jesus. And today we're going to, and throughout the summer, quite frankly, we're going to continue to talk about being more like Jesus. And we, we're, we're kind of branching off from this idea from John the Baptist where he said, uh, he must increase and I must decrease. And that is such a great place to start in the idea of being more like Jesus because that really is our goal as a disciple, as a follower of Jesus. Our goal is that he must increase and I must decrease. You could make an argument that some of the things going on in, in this world, in our nation, um, could really be helped tremendously by everyone starting from that place of saying, I wanna be more like Jesus, he must increase, I must decrease. And it's amazing how much more clearly we hear the voice of God, how much more clearly maybe some things in our life just make a lot more sense when we start from that place of he must increase and I must decrease. How many of you know what random acts of kindness are? I'm sure we all do. We all know what random acts of kindness are. Um, we've heard those things before, you know, whether it's... Uh, I'm in line at Starbucks and I'm going to pay for the person uh, behind me, you know, just, just randomly, just, just to be nice. Or uh, I'm going to mow my, my neighbor's yard um, j just to be kind. I actually had, we had somebody this past week uh, just randomly bring us dinner just to be kind. Uh, my wife broke her foot um, after she had just had surgery on her other foot. And the next day she broke her foot and somebody heard uh, she broke what was the good foot. Um, and so somebody heard about that and just randomly brought us dinner and, and it was awesome. Um, it, was, it was just so kind and nice. And, um, and so we hear about those kinds of things and, and we see those things and there's plenty of like funny videos and stuff all over uh, the internet and everything with, with people doing random acts of kindness and those are great and those are awesome. But I wanna push back on that for just a second here. Because while random acts of kindness are awesome, I would argue it's actually not what Jesus is calling us to do. Random acts of kindness are not what Jesus is calling us to do. Intentional acts of kindness are what Jesus is calling us to do. Because while that phrase, random acts of kindness, and you know, I list some of those things out, none of those are really random. They're all premeditated, if you think about it. And they are actually intentional. There's a reason for it, there's a purpose for it, even if that reason is just as simple as just to be kind. Intentional acts of kindness are what Jesus is calling us to do, and the disciples themselves did this all the time. They, they performed intentional acts of kindness all the time. Everything that they did in scripture, over and over again, we see them performing deeds and acts of kindness all the time, and here's the thing. Everything Jesus did was intentional. There is nothing, nothing you will find in scripture, nothing you will even find in history that would even say or allude to the idea that anything Jesus did was just off the cuff. That he was like, ah, yeah, I think I'll just do this. Everything he did was intentional, was on purpose. Everything he did was on purpose. I, I like to think that we as a church, that we try to be as intentional as we possibly can. Even when it comes to, to the live stream, for you at home, we're trying to be intentional for those of you that are at home. And, and when, this, uh, when, when the pandemic and all of that hit, we intentionally, we didn't realize that we were putting in some of the technology that we did specifically so God could use it during a pandemic. But at the same time, it was an intentional design in the room and in the technology to be able to do live stream at home and all of that. And so there's a, there's a lot of intentionality that we attempt to do as a church, but, but I want to take it down to even more of the root than that. 
not even from a business level, not from a, not from a, 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 a holistic church standpoint, which yes, as a church, we should definitely be, but I, w- I wanna start at the root with me and you and I, individually. We should be intentional. We should be intentional in, in all that we're doing. Being selfish, sacrificial, with intentionality. This is the way, right, as we talked about last week. And so if we're gonna follow Jesus, if we're saying we're gonna follow Jesus with everything that we are, if we're saying that we're gonna follow Jesus and not have a lukewarm, wishy-washy kind of faith, that we're gonna have a faith that pulls no punches and is fully surrendered, we need to start with the idea of being intentional and having intentional acts of kindness, if you will. As a father, there's a lot at stake. There's a lot at stake there. And, and, and I'm gonna show you what I mean as we go through. But let me just say that this isn't a message specifically for dads today. I don't want you to like turn me on and be like, all right, well, he's just gonna talk to the dads. No, I'm not. We're talking to everybody here. Yes, there are gonna be some moments that I'm gonna talk specifically to dads for a second, of course, it's Father's Day. But at the same time, this is a message, in all honesty, for everybody. And I, and I will say this before I get into the scripture. Um, there's never been a message that I've preached that I didn't need to hear myself. So please hear that. This isn't me. To, th- this is me almost sharing what God has, has pressed on my heart and even things that I, maybe things that I need to get better at in my life as well. So this isn't, pl- please hear that before I get into some of these things, that this is just as much me preaching to myself as it is anything else. And these are things that I feel the Holy Spirit has just put on my heart for today. And so please understand the heart behind that before we get in here. So I want to start with a verse in Colossians chapter 3. And this is a verse that has, um, similar to last week, how I started last week, but this is a verse that's bothered me slash motivated me, this, this little passage here, um, for a while. I hope it's motivated me in the right way. And I hope that as we read it together today and as we get into this, that it does the same for you. I I do hope, quite frankly, dads, I hope this bothers you just a little bit, but in the right way. But all of us, it's it's a bit challenging. So let's take a look here. Colossians chapter three, beginning in verse 19. We're going 19 through 21, and it says this. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything. For this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged. So it starts from a place of love, if you think about it. Before it gets into the rest, it says love. Husbands, love your wives. And, and there is a hierarchy here to this that is intentional, by the way. The, the relationship of the husband and wife into the parents and so on. That, that's an intentional trickle down, by the way. Because our, our, our relationships in terms of priorities should be my relationship with God. My relationship with God makes me a better husband. My relationship with my wife then makes me a better father. Then my relationship as a father then trickles down into career and all of those other things and actually, quite frankly, makes me a better pastor. If I have that hierarchy, you get those things screwed up in the wrong order, it doesn't work. This is the right hierarchy. But let's start with that word love because when you look to the original language, the Bible wasn't written in English. The Bible was written in uh, three different languages, Greek, Hebrew, and Aramaic. And so the original word here is not the kind of like uh, romantic or sexual love, if you will. This is the love that's, uh, that's the caring kind of love. This is the agape love. This is the unconditional love that has to do with intentional care of someone. That's the kind of love that this is talking about. Um, 
And then it says fathers at the bottom. I'm going to skip down, and we're going to go back here in a few. But it says here specifically to fathers, do not embitter your children. They'll become discouraged. That the word embitter, another, another way to look at that word is the word provoke. And we're going to talk about that here in a second because we don't use embitter very often um, in, in normal language. But we all kind of have an idea of what provoke means, to provoke someone. But the word fathers here, I don't, I don't want us to maybe necessarily get hung up on that too bad if you're not a father right now. Because this goes for, th- this principle applies to everybody. This principle applies to everybody and, and both, both genders, if you will, not, and not just to biological parents, but to all people. Because all of us have influence over someone. All of us do. We'll get to that in a minute as well. But I want to look at the word provoke because embitter or provoke, those words are kind of interchangeable. And here's what provoke means. This is the definition. It says to irritate by exacting commands and perpetual fault finding and interference for interference sake. We've all kind of done that before. You know, you're just getting under somebody's skin. I'm just going to be the devil's advocate just because I can, just because I'm in the room. Sometimes we do that as parents with our kids. Sometimes we do that. We can provoke our children. We can provoke our children by being too harsh. Uh, We can be too demanding. We can be too controlling sometimes. We can be unforgiving and just plain angry. And and we can be harsh in a way that's maybe expressed through words. Uh, Maybe it's through our actions. Maybe it's through nonverbal communication. Sometimes our body language can scream a lot louder than anything that we can say. I know for me, um, as a parent, and a parent of, of four, four kids under the age of uh, 15 all the way down to seven, um, I know that, uh, that it's a lot easier uh, for me to be patient and kind and loving with your kids than it is with my kids. So as a youth pastor for 11 years, I can tell you right now that uh, I, I loved being a youth pastor. There's still a big part of me that is in, in many ways, and, and I love students and all of that, always will. But I'll tell you what, when I only had students, uh, you know, for maybe three to four hours a week, and it, it was really easy for me to be patient and understanding and sit down and be kind with your kids, because <laughs> I could send them home. But my kids, I'm at home with them all day, and I'm not making excuses, it's just the reality of it, because our, our um, uh, you know, our, maybe the callus that we build up, if you will, just, just starts to become... Um, you're, you're with them every day, and so it's a little bit different. I think, I think parents, you get what I mean. I can be patient with your kids. Sometimes I'm not nearly patient enough with mine. It's, it's just, it's part of it. It's something, but, but if we're being intentional, follow me? If we're being intentional, and we're actually calling that out and thinking about that, right off the bat, do we get up every day, Lord, help me to be intentional as a parent today? Maybe even just something that simple sets our mind right where it needs to be. Because we can be intentionally kind and loving to each other. We can provoke each other. Um, And we can sometimes do this. We can sometimes do this. We can provoke to the people that we love the most. And unintentionally, we're being too harsh, too critical, too hard on them. But it's also because we're around them the most. We let our guard down. But the thing we have to remember is we all have influence. You have influence. The best definition of a leader is actually this word, influence. Somebody that's a good leader has good, positive influence. Somebody that's not a good leader still has influence, but it may not be good influence. 
could be terrible, could be negative influence. A lot of things can influence us. But listen to me, no matter where you are in life, whether you're a dad, whether you're, whether you're a mom, whether you're a student, whether you're a kid, we all have influence over someone. Everyone here has influence. Some of it may be different than others, but I'm telling you, there is somebody in your life that looks up to you in some way, shape, or form that you have influence over. And that's a big responsibility. That's a responsibility that we should not take lightly. And the lessons for a father that we're seeing here in God's word are principles for all of us in regards to relationships with others and influencing others because it's a big responsibility. You know, a lot of parenting problems, it's kind of, I don't want to say it's easy, but it's kind of easy for the parent to blame the child. And we do that because we look and we see the bad behavior and we can point to that. We can point to the bad behavior when in fact that may not actually be the root of the problem. The root of the problem is not just that the kids made the decision to, to do something badly. It, it, could go, it could go back even deeper than that. And most of the time, most of the time it does. But Paul here in, the, in this verse that, that we're looking at, he reminds us that bad behavior might actually be provoked by the parent. And when that's the case, now it doesn't justify the bad behavior. Don't get me wrong. It doesn't justify the bad behavior because we all have free will and, and you know, a child, regardless of their age, makes the choice to do what they're going to do. But it may explain part of the cause. It might explain part of the cause because it's, it's commanded of parents to do everything they can not to provoke their children, and sometimes that can be hard. And sometimes we don't even realize that we've done it. And why is that a big deal? Well, the last part of that verse says, or they will become discouraged. Now, don't get me wrong. There is a place for tough love. And I believe in tough love. Step into my house. You will see some tough love occasionally, all right? It's there. And there's a place for that. But at the end of the day, if we have influence, right? If we're going to influence someone, it's really hard to positively influence someone who is discouraged. It's really hard to positively influence someone that's discouraged. Jesus never did that. Jesus had a lot of influence. And he would always make sure that that person was feeling encouraged when he would get to the point of influence. Yes, sometimes he had to knock people down off their pedestal, and he had to knock them down a notch and all of that stuff, but he did it in a loving way, and then he would take that and he would turn around and influence them in a positive way. For example, go and sin no more, right? John chapter 8, go ahead and read that. Look at this verse in 1 Thessalonians 5.11. It says, so encourage each other and build each other up just as you already just as you are already doing. Paul's talking to the church here in Thessalonica and, and they're maybe feeling a little bit down and, and he talks about being encouraging and how important that is. He could have hit a few different things there, but he, but he lands on this. He says, be encouraging because it matters. Because if you're gonna influence people and if you're gonna have an influence on someone, we need to be encouraging. We need to start from a place of encouragement. Children who grow up with parents that provoke them whether intentionally or unintentionally, are going to become discouraged. And like I said, this verse is something that has bothered me that I hope in a good way moving forward because I don't want to be the parent that discourages my kids in, in that way or provokes them because if they're not feeling the love and support 
from their parents like they should, then they come to believe that the whole rest of the world is against them because they feel like everything at home is against them. Because they feel like the person that's supposed to be the one that's cheering them on is against them. Requires us to be selfless. It requires us to be sacrificial. And we have to do it intentionally. It has to be on purpose. And whether it's somebody that maybe doesn't, maybe doesn't have a good at-home parenting situation, and my heart feels for that, there's still probably someone in your life, at least I hope so, that is a godly influence and maybe a godly parent in your life. And that's a, that's a, that's a big responsibility as well. And so how are we encouraging them? How are we influencing them in a positive way? I would argue that one of the ways that we can influence this world for the future in a positive way is to encourage and build each other up and to start there, to let it start in here. Instead of having maybe unrealistic um, demands and, and anger and discouragement, I, I would argue that that starting at home would, it wouldn't solve every problem in the world, don't get me wrong, because we're still sinful people and that's not gonna change. But man, there are some things going on in this world today that quite, quite frankly, the breakdown of the family unit and the fact that there's some dads that need to step up and be dads and they aren't, could really have helped solve some things years ago. And we have the chance to make a difference now, fellas. We wanna be the difference and, and help to make a difference in the world. Let's point our kids to Jesus and let's encourage them. And let's point them there and let's take the responsibility now to do it because we have the opportunity to do it. Whether we're actually a, a biological parent or maybe just somebody that looks to us as a parent, let's be the godly man that, that can actually make the difference in this world because there is a hierarchy to, to, to that that matters because God put it in his word. And it reminds us that maybe we need to season our words and the things that we do and the things that we say to our kids with a little more grace. Maybe we should be as gracious and gentle and forgiving and, and, and patient with our kids as God is with us because God has been all of those things to you and to me and we don't deserve it but he is and you're like okay but Jay you don't know my kids you don't know what's going on with them and you're right I don't I realize it's 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 not quite that simple it's a little more complicated than that I, I understand that there are some different things that every, every circumstance and every situation is different and there are some different things there, but that doesn't mean that the principles of God's word don't apply to your situation. Because God has to deal with you and he is and he has and he still loves you and he's still being gracious and he's still being kind. But do you realize that maybe some of the things that, that maybe just specifically to parents here for a second and maybe you've got that trouble kid or, or whatever that is, do you think possibly, maybe, and I'm being honest here when I say maybe, that some of that could be traced back to embitterment or discouragement that maybe started with you? That's a, that's a tough question to ask, but quite frankly, that's what the word of God is, is saying. But let me talk to the kids for a second now. And that includes me too, because we're all still kids, right? We all still have parents. But kids, hear me for a second. What I am not saying, and what the word of God is not saying, 
is that you've just got an excuse to look at your parents and go, Dad, you can't take Fortnite from me because I'll be discouraged. <laughs> you will embitter me, Dad. That is not what the Word of God is saying. All right? Dad, just because you don't like who I'm dating, Mom, just because you don't like who I'm dating, that's going to discourage me. And the Word of God says that you shouldn't. If you think that's where I'm going with this and I'm just letting you off the hook, er, hit the brakes for a second because I want you to take a, take a look at that, verse, at that passage in Colossians and look at the thing that was said before this verse. Children, obey your parents for this pleases the Lord. That came before. <laughs> and there's a reason. Because God does everything intentionally. Yeah? And there is a hierarchy that is instilled, that makes all the difference in the world. There is responsibility on both sides here, all right? Because honor and obedience pleases the Lord. Honor and obedience pleases the Lord. And that is for every kid at every age, including me. Every kid at every age, including me, honor and obedience pleases the Lord. Now, when, when a child has grown up, and out of their parents' household, there, there is an aspect to the obedience part that you're not necessarily obligated to anymore. But honor and respect never go away. Those things never go away. We should always honor and respect our parents. Without a doubt, for this pleases the Lord. That's what it says. And this, this is one of the important reasons for a child's obedience, if you will, because, because when you respect the parent's authority, you're actually respecting the authority of God. You're in the, the hierarchy that God has put in place. You see, the, the father exercises authority over the son. When you want to talk about the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, the Father exercises authority over the Son, and we are made in the image of God. It's, it's a really uh, small verse in the Bible that means, has so many so many things, so many things are, are wrapped up in that idea that we are made in the image of God. And this is one of those things, right? Because being made in the image of God means, meaning um, all of the principles, all of those things that are involved there, the hierarchy of, of authority matters. That matters big time. Our failure to submit to biblical authority isn't just wrong and sad, but it sins against the very nature of God. And so that's there. So how do we bring this all together? How do we bring this all together? Because it really all comes down to one word that applies to all of us. At its core, God's perspective on all of this is really that love conquers all. That's, that's the through line here is love. It begins and ends with love with that agape love that is that unconditional love. It begins and ends there. Jesus said that they will know that you are my followers by what? By what? By your love. But your love for one another. Jesus said you will know, they will know that you are my followers by your love for one another. A lot of people just stop it by your love. And, that, and that's fine, but the, but the whole verse says, by your love for one another. And that includes your love for 
the parent-child relationship, for your family, for those that you influence, for those that influence you. The world will know that you are my followers by your love for one another. How big of a difference would just that principle make in our world today? If just that thing started today and was able to happen for 24 hours, just 24 hours, how much of a difference would that make? But what if it started with you individually and you just took responsibility for that to be yourself and let that spread out? How much of a difference would that make in our world today? And if that happened all the time. Romans 12, 9 through 10. It says, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. See, if we focus on love, if we focus on love and we reverse engineer it from there because that means we're starting with Jesus. We are starting with Jesus and then we make strides towards being more like Jesus. If nothing else, as a father, I can be more like Jesus today than I was yesterday. What a difference that would make in this world. If all of us, as a parent or as just somebody that has influence, would just strive to be more like Jesus today than you were yesterday, what a difference that can make in the world around us. And that's why my connection point for today, it's kind of long, but, but it all matters. <laughs> be selfless, be sacrificial, be encouraging, be intentional, be more like Jesus. All of these things fall under this and so much more. But for us as, as dads, for us as influencers, for those that have somebody around us that's maybe depending on us, that cares so much about what we think. Man, I, I think about my kids and I, me saying I'm disappointed in you is probably worse to them than any other kind of punishment that I could give them. Because for whatever reason, the way that God has wired us as people Dad saying, I'm disappointed in you, just cuts to the bone. Fellas, we, we have a lot of responsibility. It's time for us to step up and be men of God, but to be men of love as well. But we have to do it intentionally. We have to do it on purpose. We can't just hope that it happens. got to be intentional. Our Heavenly Father is the best example for earthly fathers to emulate. We need to be more like Jesus. He is consistent. He is dependable. He's always there. He's faithful. He's love. He's selfless. He's sacrificial. He's encouraging. And all of it is intentional. Would you bow with me for prayer?
I hope that this message is challenging and at the same time encouraging. What do I mean by that? Well, I hope that maybe for some of us that God's got our attention and for those of you at home as well, I hope that, that God's got, got your attention in terms of the people that you can influence and the influence that we can make, specifically dads. But all of us. But here's the good news. You may be like me where you're sitting there beating yourself up a little bit. I have a tendency to do that. But let me encourage you that today, right now, you can walk out of here or you can get up from maybe where you're at at home and you can intentionally do things different. You can intentionally make a difference in someone's life just by starting from a place of love. Starting from a place of encouragement. The difference that that can make just to be encouraging to someone and especially to our kids can make all the difference in the world just starting with something that simple.